Hey everyone, it's Lena and Megan from Enlightenedhood. Welcome to Soul Lift, where we're vulnerably sharing motherhood stories that don't fit the rhetoric we've been taught to believe. We're getting real and honoring all truths, sharing journeys from women who are using self-empowerment, mindfulness, and spirituality as a means to create their own path. Through this global anthology of mindful and spiritual motherhood stories, we hope that by giving these brave women this platform, we can heal together and all feel a little less alone. There is so much power in our story, and the more we can share and help those who come after us, what a beautiful world this can be. One where we all know our own strength and beauty. So we hope you find inspiration here today and find empowerment and validation in your own truth because everyone can use a soul lift. This is Divina Lopez and this is my story. So tell me about when did mindfulness become a part of your life? What was that? Was there a turning point? Was there a certain event? When did you start focusing more on mindfulness and the role that it played in your life? I think mindfulness became really important to me or even became a thing in my life when my son was probably like a toddler and having these temper tantrums, which I didn't really know how to control at first. And so I realized I better control myself before I react to these temper tantrums, which, you know, can sometimes be really out of control. And then I could lose my temper. And so I was looking for a way to be a really good parent and to teach him a different approach instead of having like these meltdowns. And so the more I digged in, I found out, you know, about breathing techniques. And I also realized that I could actually have time to like sit and just think about how I was going to react or how I was going to teach him a lesson um, before just like yelling or screaming, because that would naturally come out of me. Like I was just a, a a screamer for some reason. Um, and I think it's because like I'm so structured that it was hard for me to be in an environment where I wasn't in control of, of this behavior. And, um, and I think because I put so much pressure on myself all the time, it was such a like teachable moment for myself as a person. And I was looking for some sort of way to tackle it, but in a really healthy way for the both of us. Mm. So you started with breath work. How did it start to change the way that you reacted? And how did it change the way that you started to view yourself as a mom? So I realized pretty quickly how the breathing really helped to control my anger And that made me feel more confident because then I was having such a more controlled reaction and it was helping him because, you know, children always look at their parents as an example. So it was teaching him how to control his tantrums in a better way. And, you know, that was happening even as young as two years old. So I realized that having him 
like get it so young and you know so soon was an amazing key because I really didn't get that myself you know like it really took me all these years to figure out that I was in control of the way I was reacting to certain situations Mm -hmm. um so paying attention in that way made me feel so much confident as a parent and made me realize like you know once I breathe I can really get my heart rate to slow down I felt so much more relaxed and I can think a lot clearer because of that, it wasn't just like going on a rampage. It wasn't going down the spiral, you know. And for me, it was just a tool that I could use and teach other people how to use it so that they can also parent in a different way um, and have their children raised in a whole nother um, way. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know if, how it was for you, but for me with my parents, you know, you couldn't ever talk back or, you know, you had to do whatever they said. They were very much in control, but they instilled that fear. Mm. And I didn't want to do that with my son because I felt like since I had grown up in fear for so long of authority, I had lost the ability to speak in a certain way. You know, I just felt like my words weren't important. And even in school for many years, I was just like a very quiet child. I always had lots of thoughts, but I wasn't, I didn't feel like I could express them because of being told like I should be quiet, you know, and children should be seen, not heard. Um, you know, that sort of really shaped me a lot as a person growing up. Um, and I didn't want to do that to my son because I knew how much that affected me and how, and I still struggle, you know, with my own voice. I have to tell myself like, it's okay, speak up. What you have to say is important. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I didn't do that same thing to my son. Yeah. That was going to be my next question was, did it go against the way that you were raised? But I guess the second part to that question is once you started to raise your son in a different way, did you find resistance from your family? I still do. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think, you know, um, a lot of times they don't get why I speak to him the way that I do or, Uh, You know, they think that gives him an opportunity almost to be disrespectful. But I'm like, no, it actually teaches him that he can come to me at any time to talk to me about anything. And it's good that we have these discussions because I think I've been speaking to him like an adult almost his entire life. And so we have such a deep connection with one another because he can trust me. Like he knows that even if he did something that I'm not going to be happy about, we can talk about it so that he can make better choices later on. And I, I always tell him, I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you. That's what a mom does. Like, that's why I, you know, you were given to me in a way, you know, like we're, we're together for a certain reason. And I'm here to help you on your journey because one day you're going to be making all these decisions all alone. But you know, hopefully you'll remember the tools that I gave you so that you can use them and make really great choices in your life for yourself. Mm, That's so powerful. I mean, that's why we do it, isn't it? So they have Mm -hmm. those tools. Exactly. Yeah. I think when you see it in that way, um, it has a different meaning versus, you know, you having a parent-child relationship where it almost feels like a dictatorship. That sort of um, upbringing is, is, you know, what, what was traditionally um, 
taught in many households. And I think when you have that, that sort of relationship with your parents, you don't have that friendship. It, it's such a different dynamic. Um, and I, I knew I didn't want to be that sort of parent. I, I knew I wanted to have a more open relationship with my son. And so I made it a priority for us to have really good communication with one another. Diving into breathwork and this different type of parenting, did it help you conquer different obstacles beyond just the temper tantrums, like different obstacles that you faced in motherhood or raising a child? Yes, I think it helped us in so many ways and it still does every single day uh, when it comes to My son is actually a very like hyper child and he has a lot of energy. So even at school, we have our challenges. So he knows how he can use it at school. And his teachers always tell me like how awesome he is about that. And he even teaches his own friends. (laughs) So (laughs) when it comes to like the playground and stuff like that, he's actually like used it. Uh, So whenever I've seen him do that, I'm so proud of him because that for me is just like, it it confirms that I did the right thing with him. Um, And he's just like so kind and so gentle. He is a very sensitive kid. So I think he's even tapped into other people's emotions so early on in life. And, um, you know, we've been through a lot because I went through a divorce when he was only two years old. So even going back and forth in, you know, two different homes, it's been tough for him, but he's been able to use all of these tools um, for the different occasions and, and the different things that just happen in his life. So it's not just a temper tantrum relief um, or even like, I know some people want to say, oh, for the behaviors or whatever. Um, yeah, but it's just something that will grow with a child as they get older. And, you know, for me, I always say like the whole trickle effect. Like mm-hmm. if you teach your child that, they're going to teach other children that. And it's amazing to see how a seven-year-old can actually help out their friends. And, you know, hopefully their community will be so much better because of that. I have goosebumps. It's so true. So what about you? Because you mentioned it started with breath work and you mentioned you're working on how to use your voice and have the power of your voice. But did this kind of new way of thinking and creating this new narrative cause you to dive deeper and look more into your soul and about yourself? Absolutely. Yes. I think motherhood for me, has been so empowering. I never felt more confident in myself. I mean, there were times, of course, like when the baby first came that I was an anxious, nervous wreck. I think like all of us, you know, Mm -hmm. whether I'm a pediatrician or not, I think I knew too much information. So it made it worse. Like people were always like, oh, well, you know, that's your specialty. So lucky you. And I'm like, no, it was horrible because I knew too many things. And so then I would start you know, having like the mommy doctor brain. And that was like, oh no, don't do that to yourself. Um, But motherhood itself has really reminded me who I am and it's caused me to be more bold. And um, I felt like before I became a mom, I will always look to other people for the answers. 
And I stopped doing that. Like I knew I had answers and I was listening to myself and I didn't care what other people thought. I didn't care if they agreed with me. Uh, I knew that I was making good choices for myself and I wasn't afraid to go along with it. And I embraced the new person who was evolving. I, I loved her so much. Like I was just so proud of the the decisions that I was making and for allowing myself to just be me without, uh, without judgment. Like I was totally okay with myself for like the first time in my life. I didn't feel the pressure from everyone else, even though I felt, you know, sometimes people would try to put pressure on me. It didn't matter. Like I, I was just like, I really don't care. I don't care about the judgment all I care about is whether I'm okay with what I'm doing. And as long as I know I'm making the right choices for my son, that's all that mattered to me. It really didn't, um, I didn't allow other people's opinions to shape me the way they did prior to having a baby. I think that's such a beautiful acknowledgement to have that power and that self-love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What advice would you give to another mom who is kind of missing that or still looking for that outside validation and hasn't really stepped into or owned her power yet? Yeah, I noticed that that's common, Um, especially now as a mother, like after becoming a mother, I became such I mean, just a much better pediatrician in every way. I could relate to moms on a whole nother level. And I also felt I could sense from them when they weren't owning their power. And so I kind of like made it my mission to to help them in every way that I could. And, and you know, that's part of the reason why I even do the things that I do on social media and everything, because I want people to feel confident in themselves. But I always tell moms, like, when you have that feeling, when you have that little thought in the back of your mind, don't ignore it. Um, Even if it feels silly or if somebody else tells you that's totally ridiculous, don't worry about it. Like, you have to tap into your intuition and you have to acknowledge that voice and listen to it and just really pay attention Um, because we are spiritual beings. Like, we're spiritual beings having a human experience right now. Mm -hmm. But when you become a mom, you really tap into that spiritual part of yourself because you just evolved in a whole nother way. And you have this sort of connection with another human being. You experience love on another level. And so when you do that, there is this sense of this new woman breaking through and let her be acknowledge her and embrace her and love her and just tell her, you know, I'm inviting you in, come and and tell me which way I should go. Because we all have that. We all have that intuition and we have to listen. It it takes a little while for you to get it, I think. Um, and a lot of times we just ignore it and, you know, and then later on we're like, oh man, I kind of knew about that. I had that inkling. Um, so when that starts to happen, just 
keep listening to yourself because you you just you know you know um and even for myself like it doesn't matter how much medical knowledge I have when a mom comes to me and tells me like I have this suspicion about something with her child I you know even if I don't see anything on physical exam or anything like that I just go ahead and I address it I don't ignore it um, because she's the one who's with her child all the time. She's the one who's connected to her child and she notices when something's different. So embrace, embrace that part of yourself and get in tune with it and give yourself some time to be quiet so you can listen to the knowledge that you really have. I think it's so important that you said that because I think there's kind of this universal experience as women and as mothers when dealing with our current medical system that we feel like we're not listened to and we're not heard. Mm -hmm. And to have women and mothers who understand and who get it and who acknowledge our power, I think is so important. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all the women and all the mothers because it can be so hard to feel like we're not abandoned by the system, especially in postpartum when we go, you know, when we go to those one, two month checkups with our babies and we're given that clipboard with the postpartum depression survey. And it's so hard to be like, okay, I don't fit into any of these categories, but I also do not feel like myself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. having a woman and a mother who understands and can acknowledge a woman's intuition and power from that perspective, I think is just so important. Right, right. Yeah, I think um, it's unfortunate the way the medical system is set up, especially in primary care. Uh, When you're given like 10 to 15 minutes to spend with somebody, it's, it's completely ridiculous in my opinion. And because of that, I I've really changed the way I practice. I refuse to have to practice medicine under those constraints. Like that's just not me. And you're right. Like when, if you're given a clipboard with some questions there and you're just like flicking through them really quickly and you don't have that sort of relationship with your doctor, you don't even feel like opening up in that way. But if you're sitting with another human being and you can see that that person is going through something and has something to address, um, you know, it's your duty as a healthcare provider to take the extra time to like look at that person in their eyes and say, is everything really okay? How many questions do you have for me? Like, you know, I think it's, it's fair for a patient and and this is always my advice to to other parents about like what do you do when you do have these sort of situations where you have lots of questions or you have anxieties or something to address um i think it's fair for you to let the office know ahead of time that you're going to need more time than the regular slot that they put you in because you need that medical practitioners like time to listen to you, to hear you out and also to address the concerns that you have. So let them know, like, this is not going to be the usual 10 to 15 minute visit. I need at least maybe half an hour on my part. If I'm rushed in an office, then I will ask the the parents to have another visit with me. um, Maybe at the end of the day where I can dedicate more time. 
And I don't think that that's asking for too much from your medical practitioner. I realize like it's hard for you to do that all day long, but maybe there's a way for you to work something out with your medical practitioner. Like don't feel totally abandoned by them. And I know it's tough because the way the health insurance is set up and, you know, you feel like you're restricted to certain practitioners, but there's usually, especially in pediatrics, there's usually someone who's a little more open, um, who will do the, you know, take the extra step in, in spending extra time with you. Um, don't feel bad for asking for that. That's your right as a patient. And as a parent, you have to advocate for yourself and for your child. Never, ever feel like that's something that you cannot do with your doctor. I think it's important to develop a really good relationship with them and also be completely honest with them, but also let them know if, if you feel like you're being restricted to a certain time slot, like just let them know, um, I need X amount of time. I need to discuss these issues, or maybe you can even have like a telephone chat, but there are ways around it. Don't feel like the pediatricians are all cookie cutters. Like it's not. Yeah. And thank you for giving us hope for that because sometimes, especially as a new mom, when we have no idea and we kind of just like have to look at a list of doctors, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's so hard, Mm -hmm. but you're right. I mean, as moms, we are ourselves and our children's biggest advocates. And sometimes it takes a little bit of work and flexibility and figuring out how to, how to be that advocate. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, for me, it was always very difficult to use my voice. And so like, my son really taught me how to be courageous. And it wasn't because I was being courageous for me, I was being courageous for him. So I could do it for him. And because Mm. I was all right, standing up for him, then I started to feel more comfortable standing up for myself and feeling worthy of having a voice and opinions and being able to express myself. but you know, that, that really did take a long time. And it's something that is a work in progress for me. Um, I take those steps, which I think are like super scary, almost on a daily basis. You know, I try to let myself feel uncomfortable and then say, you know what, you could do this, you could do this. Uh, but it, it, it's something I, I work on, like I said, on a daily basis. And I don't know if I'll ever feel comfortable with it because it's just so like it's drilled in me not to speak up it really is I feel very uncomfortable but you know you take those steps every day and um and it becomes easier in a way um still challenging but easier and so Mm -hmm. you have to just you know work on those things I resonate with that so much I am in a very Mm -hmm. similar position (laughs) yeah yeah it is tough it's tough I think a lot of women are like that, you know, women in general, were just brought up. Um, it, it's a whole different thing. Like now that I'm raising a little boy, I see how confident boys are. Like he just picks the right answer every time. And he's just like, yeah, it's this. And he doesn't even question it, you know, whereas girls will will second guess ourselves all mm-hmm. the time. And so you, you even see it as young as, you know, as seven, I see it, especially now that we're doing like Zooms (laughs) with his classmates, I see the difference between boys and girls. It's, 
it's really strange. I mean, it's just genetically where I guess we're different in that way, you know, and, and it's, of course, it's not everybody, but you know, it is such a thing. Like boys are just more confident with themselves. I think it goes back to what you were talking about before too, about seeking outside validation, because I feel like as women, we're ingrained that that's what we have to do. And we have to value everyone else's opinion in order to make our decisions about ourselves when really it should not be that way. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really true. Yeah. We're always looking for, for someone to validate us and you know, we have to learn how to validate ourselves. Yes. I completely agreed. So tell me what does spirituality mean to you? Wow. Um, Spirituality is, for me, something so peaceful and loving. Um, It's on a whole nother realm for me. It's like I feel so secure and safe. And I... I feel magical in a way. I don't even know if that sounds funny, but it it's like feeling light and free and um just me. You know, just me unapologetically me. <laughs> it's a really beautiful feeling. I love when I can just close my eyes and just tune into myself and it's um it's just very comforting. I I love that you said magical. I think that's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> it is. It is really magical. It's it's something that at first like when you really get to experience something you're like is this real? Am I dreaming, <laughs> right? Like what's really happening? And the further I mean, I I don't think I don't know if there are really levels or anything like that, but I feel like the more that I practice it the more I go somewhere else, I don't know how to explain it. Oh, I get that. Um, yeah. And then like when I'm there, when I'm in it, I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this? Um, but then you come back and you're like, oh man. I know. It's like, oh man, <laughs> so here, um, that was such a nice experience. You know, like even if it's just like two or three minutes, it's just like, wow, it's another world. Mm-hmm. I completely get that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. I totally love it. And I encourage everyone to try to tune into that part of themselves because, I mean, that's really what we are. If if you can tap into that, it just feels like, it feels amazing. So what advice would you give for a mother who thinks that mindfulness or spirituality or tapping into themselves herself isn't for her or that she just doesn't have the time to do it and it doesn't matter what advice would you give to that woman I think the people that <laughs> that think that they don't have the time are the ones that need it the most um so <laughs> I've heard that before <laughs> it, it's really really true it's so true because I remember myself prior to doing all of this and I could remember the first time, oh my goodness, this is such a funny story. Um, my, one of my friends, she was like, oh, you know, um, I think it was like for the first like Oprah and Deepak um, 21 day meditation thing. So mm-hmm. she, um, she sends me this email and she's like, hey, I'm going to do this. Why don't you do this with me? And I was like, what are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> what are you asking me to do here? 
so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open-minded. I was like, okay, fine. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I remember the first day I was like, let me schedule this thing. I want to take this seriously because I don't want her to feel like I'm letting her down. You know, this was something she really wanted to do and she really wanted me to join her with this. So I was like, okay, fine. So I scheduled this thing, but it was like 20 minutes long. And I'm sitting there and it felt like an eternity for me. And I think only like three or four minutes have passed. And I was like, (laughs) absolutely not. I cannot do this. This is not for me. I was just like, no, absolutely not. Um, So number one, I think if you are going to do this, don't choose something that's 20 minutes long. You need to, you can just sit in a quiet place. Like you don't need all these special meditation challenges or apps or anything like that. Honestly, you just need yourself and give yourself two or three minutes um, to just sit in silence with yourself. Because the thing is that you're going to have a million thoughts like rushing through your head and you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I need to pick this up and I need to go do and forgive yourself for doing that. That happens to everybody. Like someone doesn't just choose one day to become spiritual and then they're like, okay, there's nothing in my mind. It doesn't happen like (laughs) that. Like it, that rarely happens to me. I mean, even though I practice this on a daily basis, I still have a million thoughts in my head. Um, so like when the thoughts come in, you just have to say, okay, I hear you and let it go. And just like breathe in and breathe out and just let that thought go. But don't beat yourself up when that happens. Cause it's going to happen. Like that's just normal. But when you, when you make these decisions or when you feel like this is something that I think I need, or I would like to try it out and let's see what happens. Um, don't expect too much from yourself. Like have no expectation, actually. I think that's the best approach. Have no expectation and just sit with yourself in silence and have that moment of just tuning in with your spirit and honoring it. I think when you can say to yourself and you see yourself as this beautiful light, it's in a way more pleasurable, I think, because you're just connecting with you. You're not listening to other words or anything like that. You're just having a moment with yourself. Um, And then from there, like little by little, you can start tapping into other things. Like, you know, for me, for instance, I love to have some crystals. I love to do some smudging. Um, I love candles and incense and stuff like that. I think that just enhances the whole thing. And, um, you know, even having some really nice music in the background, but don't ever think like, like you shouldn't do this. This is like a present to yourself. This is a total gift. And at this point in my life, like even my son knows to tell me like, mom, you need to go meditate. Like if I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm just getting on his nerves. He's like, go over there, go meditate. You're going to come back a better person. (laughs) So yeah, it's true. And so, you know, I love that that is almost like, you know, he gives me a timeout because even see, like he sees the difference in how my approach is with him if I get some time to myself. So believe me, you're going to be a much better woman. You're going to think a lot clearer. It's going to help you in every way, in your relationships with your family members, 
um, at work and everything. Like I've even gotten people at work to do this as groups. Um, and, and they see the difference. And, and these are people that are so, so, so conservative that I, I remember at first they looked at me like I was crazy when I mentioned it. Um, and now they like ask me like, Hey, when are we going to do that? So it's a total gift and it's a gift that you should give yourself on a daily basis. Thank you for listening to Soul Lift presented by Enlightenhood. For a complete library of mindful and spiritual motherhood stories, visit enlightenhood.com backslash soul lift or find us on Instagram at soul lift anthology. Also be sure to follow us Enlightenhood on Instagram at Enlightenhood. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.